الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه الحمد لله حمدا دائما ابديا سرمدا الحمد لله الذي خلق فسوى وقدر فهدى وخلق الزوجين الذكر والانثى من نطفه اذا تمنى نحمده سبحانه واشكره واثني عليه واستغفره واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له لا ند له ولا ضد له لا مثل له ولا مثيل له وله المثل الاعلى في السماوات والارض وهو الفرق الصمد لم يلد ولم يولد ولم يكن له كفوا احد اشهد ان سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبد الله ورسوله صلى الله وسلم وبارك عليه وعلى اله واصحابه والتابعين ومن تبعهم باحسان الى يوم الدين ما بعد all praise and thanks are due to Allah so we praise him we thank him we seek his assistance we seek for forgiveness from him we seek refuge with him from the evilness of our own souls whom sarva allah has guided no one can misguide and whom sarva allah has led astray due to their own arrogance and hoardiness no one can guide you and i we all bear witness and testify that there is no deity worthy of worship except allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you and i all bear witness that prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is the last and final seal of all messengers before i even start this khutbah i'm already getting the gestures for people to move up so inshallah please do move up make some space for your brother so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can make some space for you in jannah allahumma inna as'aluka al-jannah so make some space there was a young man i'm not sure if you heard of this story or not there was a young man who challenged his teacher and he said give us something different give us something new you teach us from the same book and we're we're learning the same thing over and over so the teacher told him, you know what? Tomorrow take a day off and go and see Rufil Ard. And go tread the path of the earth and go find something and teach us a lesson when you come back. So the young man, he went and he went on a hike and he came across a cave and he sat in that cave for a five to 10 minute rest and he saw something amazing. He saw a, a bird with a broken wing trying to muster all of the energy that this young bird had, trying to go from point A to point B. And this young man is helpless. He didn't know what to do. He doesn't have too much life experience. So he just sat there and watched this obstacle that this bird was facing. All of a sudden, another bird comes in with some food, drops it right next to that bird with the broken wing, and that bird leaves. So this young man tells himself, I found the lesson of life. I'm gonna go back and tell my teacher and educate my class. So the young man goes back and tells his teacher, Alhamdulillah, I learned my lesson. So the teacher says to him, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've learned? So he stands up in front of the class and he tells everybody, in life, whenever you're broken and whenever you're struggling, just sit right there because someone's gonna come and help you. That's what I learned. And the teacher, his ustad, his mentor, he asked him a profound question right after that lesson he shared with the class. And this is gonna be the point of my, the crux of my khutbah, asking profound questions to inspire and motivate people. And so this teacher looks at the young man and says to him, why did you choose to be the bird with the broken wing? Allahu Akbar. Why did you not choose to be the bird that gave the service? Allahu Akbar. My dear brothers and sisters, I've been working for, with the youth for as far as I can remember. And I would still like to consider myself young at 32, but at the end of the day, life is very short. 
and I am blessed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me these years. We hear this every single time. And one of the things I want to talk to you about is opening up opportunities for yourself and the youth. And most of the times when we speak about the youth, we get so carried away, we forget to speak about ourselves and the parents and the elderly. Because it is an obligation from the Islamic theme and the religion that every single person shall be motivated and inspired to reach to something greater than themselves. It is an obligation of the deen. When you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to take you far, that you ask Him with full conviction and full faith. And when you ask about Jannah, the Prophet peace be upon him said, ask for Jannatul Firdaus. Did he not? So it is an obligation upon every single one of us and not just the youth that we inspire towards something that is greater than ourselves. So I ask you these couple of questions that I ask the youth all the time. Tell me who you are without telling me what you do. It's very easy to label ourselves as cybersecurity analyst, IT specialist, a doctor, a nurse, a mother, a father, a basketball player. But if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala were to take your ability away to walk, would you still call yourself a baseball player, a cricket player? If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took your engineering degree away or took your job away and tomorrow you had to do something else, would you still tell people who you are as your identity? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, God forbid, put you in the hospital bed and you're losing all your hair right now and the doctor said something you never wanted to ever hear. Would you still be the person that you thought you were? Ask yourself this question. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave you a hundred million dollars tomorrow in the bank. What would you do with that? Tell me how your last day looks like on planet earth with your family and with your friends. Give me an exact ideal situation that you want to leave this life with. If I were to meet you in three years, see these are the questions I ask the youth. But subhanAllah, every single time I ask the youth these questions, I ask myself the same questions. And I ask family members and friends. And ask people who even reached the age of 70, 60 years old. Because the point over here is to inspire, to motivate, and to tell every single last one of us that we still have a lot of work to do. Anytime you wake up and you look into the mirror and you say, my job is done, you got a lot of work to do. One of the greatest moments of my life and the most transformational moments of my life was when I, go, when I went to go meet my mentor in Chicago and he was 26 at that time and I was 21 years old. And I was so happy and excited and I told him, this is what I do. I work in mental health care, I'm doing this, I'm doing the dawah at the university, I'm doing this and this and I thought myself to be such you know, someone so engulfed in this deen and this da'wah. And he sits right there and he says to me, he looks in my face, and he doesn't say this in a condescending way, but he says to me, Khairul Alam, what else are you doing with your life, buddy? I went home that day and I asked myself, what am I doing with my life? There's so much more to do. One of the most offensive things I find my youth, youth clients come to me when they say this to me, I find this to be very offensive and very upsetting. When they come to me, and I don't know how to answer this question, and I don't know what the solution is. Maybe you guys have the solution. When they come to me and they ask me, I have nothing good to do. There's no opportunities in life for me. It's been two, three years, I've just been sitting at home playing video games and doing nothing. Play your game. We all chill. The elderly, the youth, everybody. We have moments of chilling. But if you're coming to me and if you're telling me there's nothing to do in life, who should I trust? You or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
Allah says in the Quran, كَيْفَ تَكْفُرُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَكُنْتُمْ أَمْوَاتًا فَأَحْيَاكُمْ ثُمَّ يُمِيتُكُمْ ثُمَّ يُحْيِكُمْ ثُمَّ إِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ And you are nothing, you are lifeless. So we brought you into this life, then you're going to die, then we're going to bring you back forth, and then you're going to come all to us. And I want you to focus on this next ayah, which is the crux of the khutbah. And it's Allah who created every single thing on earth for you and me. The sister who is listening upstairs, you, the father who is over here working two jobs, the brother who is getting rejection after rejection in the marriage proposal, the sister who couldn't get into this university, the young brother who's struggling with this and that and his parents don't understand him. Every single one of you, you come to me or you go to anybody and you say, there is no more opportunity left in life. Who should we trust? Your words or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is trying to inspire us? For you, we have created every single thing on planet Earth. The Prophet, peace be upon him, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. If we look back into the seerah, we fall in love with him over and over again. Why? For this one reason, he was the most transformational, the most motivational, the most inspirational man with the highest of ambitions and the loftiest and biggest of dreams. Or else, why would we be in a city now called Springfield, Virginia, on Backlick Road? And this message reached us from the Arabian Heights. How did this message reach and pass through the gates of America? Because the Prophet ﷺ had high ambitions. A young man came to him, you'd be surprised to hear this, and he said, I feel like killing myself, I feel like dying. This was the time of the Prophet, peace be upon him. You and I don't need to talk about the st statistics of suicide nowadays. We don't have to talk about that. By the time I finish my khutbah, there's already people that have killed themselves. SubhanAllah. Allahu Akbar. Go do the research on who? Go do the research on Pew. Every 30 seconds, every 12, every 40 seconds, someone has taken their life. Because they have no aspirations. And there's obviously other reasons as well. And the Prophet's peace be upon him's response, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Look what he said. Do you really want to kill yourself when I'm here with you? Allahu Akbar. The social support that the Prophet showed the youth, that he showed the woman. If you look back in the Sira, the first 20 of the Sahaba were either women or were either young people. In the teens, I'm not even talking about 20s, 13, 14, 15. Go look back in the Sira. This is something I can't lie about. It's a fact. Islam was built on the youth, by the youth, and for the youth. But we focus so much on youth nowadays that the father who needs some inspiration is not getting it. That the mother who's been working an odd job because she lost her husband because she's a widow, she's not getting any. So one of the greatest things of life to do when following the footsteps of the Prophet ﷺ is to be people who inspire others. Have we heard of the story of Talha ibn Ubaidullah? When he took the opportunity and he bent down and he let the Prophet ﷺ use his back to lift him up on a boulder because the Prophet ﷺ couldn't go on it because of his armor. Allah ﷻ sent down revelation to the Prophet ﷺ and said to him, tell Talha that Jannah is an obligation upon him. Because Talha an took the opportunity, no matter how small it is, to assist the Prophet ﷺ. Some people see a branch on the street, other people see opportunity. Have we not been told by the Prophet ﷺ that there was a man who entered Jannah just because he removed the branch from the street? 
Some people see a thirsty cat and a dog, other people see an opportunity. Have we not been told about from the Prophet that there was a woman who wasn't even religious, but for her intention and for her good deed, she received paradise. Have we not been told by the Prophet that when you gather together in a masjid or a majlis, and even if you don't come with the intention of being a part of that group, that the angels go around like soldiers around the earth, and they look into every single place of worship, and they look at people who are sitting, and those people who are even sleeping in the corner, and have nothing to do with anything about anything of that topic that night. Even then, the angels go up and say to Allah, we saw all of these people worshiping you. Allah says, forgive them, and forgive the man and the sister who didn't even come with that intention. Allahu Akbar. Opportunities. How is it then that you disbelieve in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And He gives you life, and He brings you to death, and He brings you back from that. And from that, we're all going back. Amr bin Jamur was an elderly man. In his whole life, he'd been told, you can't do this, and you can't do this. This is a problem we have. You know what? One of the reasons why the youth don't do certain things? I've been to the Rohingya camps and I asked myself this question. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me some personal experiences that I'd like to share with you. And sometimes, you know, we don't like to personalize the khutbah, but I have to. I have no other choice. How is it that the kids in the Rohingya camp, 40, 50,000 of them, when you speak to them, they say, I want to become an astronaut. I want to become a hafiz of, of Quran and reach the moon. And I want to be the first person in Mars that recites the Quran. Allahu Akbar. How is it the people of the Rohingya, the kids who are 15, 16 years old, telling me I want to become an engineer, I want to become a hafiz of Quran. A lot of them already khuffar. And then I come back to the gates of America and then I speak to the youth about the same issues over and over again. There's nothing in life to do. How is that possible? Because one kid sees an opportunity and the other one doesn't. That's how it is. That's how it's possible. So, Amr bin al-Jamur, his whole life, why? Because it's one reason, he was crippled. He used to walk with a limp. And when he would walk, everybody would see him, everybody would make fun of him, even until his own family said, what are you, you want to go to war with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa And he said, yes, I do. And his son stopped him from going. And when he had the chance, he went to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he said that, what do you know about my life? Everybody tells me that I can't do this. I want to go with you. Yeah, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said, you're excused. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, those who are sick, those who cannot fight, they just support us from behind. And he wasn't having it. So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he became quiet and he, and he listened to his uh, stories of struggle and whatnot. And he turned to their sons and he said, why don't you let the man go? I give him the permission. And Amr bin al-Jamuh, he was so happy. In the battle of Uhud, he went in there saying that I could smell the fragrance of Jannah. Allahu Akbar. And he was running with his limb. And he said to himself and he yelled out, I don't, Allah don't take me back to my city. Take me away from here. Because I want to die for your deen. Because this man knew about opportunities. And so when the Sahaba and the Prophet وسلم, are standing in front of his dead body, the Prophet, peace be upon him, وسلم, said, I see this man entering Jannah with his crippled leg. And now he's in Jannah and now he's cured. Wallahu Akbar. Opportunities. Ask yourself, 
ask yourself today if you were to take all the opportunities in your life and you were you were to actualize them what would your potential be and i don't only ask the youth i ask the parent i ask the grandfather i ask the grandmother who was here i ask the young sister i ask the teacher the engineer i ask the motivational speakers i ask that i ask the alim all of them if you were to actualize all of the opportunities given to you where would you be today in this last minute that i have i want to give you a story of the prophet's last moment وسلم, in his life as the prophet was passing away the sahaba says that he opened up hijab he told aisha radiallahu an alaykum bil hijab put on your hijab and aisha radiallahu an was you know worried well, what's going on and the prophet removed the curtain as, as you know he could see from his room aisha radiallahu apartment the masjid and this was the subhanallah the prophet's last smile and even the last smile was the most inspirational smile that the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam gave to his sahaba to his visionaries to his people he looked outside of the curtain he stuck his head out and and he was smiling and he was laughing and the sahaba they knew this was the last moment of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam life his moments and everything paused for them. Every single thing paused for them. All their worries, all their struggles, everything that they had in their hearts. And they just looked at his beautiful face, shining and illuminating and radiating the whole room. And what we forget to mention is how the Prophet finally, finally at this moment, he finally saw his dream come true. He finally saw what he worked for right in front of his face, right in front of it, the moment that he was going to pass away, that the Sahabas are now together, standing in prayer and going to carry this mission of Islam. This was such a beautiful moment. If the Prophet ﷺ were to stick his head through those doors today, my brothers and sisters, would he not be happy? Inshallah, he would have. Would the Prophet ﷺ would not be happy? Would he not be happy if he came to each and every single one of you and you gave him his dream? And he knows that you big dream big, and you go big, and you inspire big, and you motivate big. Will the Prophet not love that? Of course he would. Of course he would. Some of the some of the ulama say, when, the, when Allah subhanahu wa taala says, and you shall be satisfied with Allah, and you will be given. This ayah that came in the beginning of his life is finally manifested during the end of his life when the Prophet, peace be upon him, وسلم, finally is satisfied and pleased to see his men and his women go forward with this message of Islam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us of those who inspire big. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us reach Ramadan. Allahumma balikna Ramadan. Allahumma anta salam wa minka salam. Tabarakta ya tal jalali wa kareem. Alakhina dar salam. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enter us into the gates of the highest. ونعوذ بالله تعالى من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له 
وأشهد أن سيدنا وحبيبنا وعظيمنا وشفيعنا وأسوتنا وقدوتنا ومعلمنا محمدا عبده ورسوله بلغ الرسالة وأدى الأمانة ونصح للأمة وكشف الله عز وجل به الغمة وجاهد في سبيل دينه حتى آتاه الله اليقين اللهم اجزه عنا وعن والدينا خير ما جزيت به نبيا عن قومه ورسولا عن أمته وأوردنا حوضه واسقنا بيديه الشريفتين شربة هنيئة مريئة لا نظمأ بعدها أبدا اللهم آمين آمين يا رب العالمين محمد بلغ العلا بكماله كشف الدجا بجماله حسنت جميع خصاله صلوا عليه وآله إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار وما قل وكفى خير مما كثر وألها My dear respected brothers and sisters in Islam, all praise be to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And whoever Allah guides, none can misguide. And whoever Allah permits to misguide, none can guide. We bear witness that there is no God worthy of worship but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the last messenger, final messenger he sent to mankind to guide him to the straight path. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to guide us all to the straight path, ya Rabbi Alameen. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our sins. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept our prayers. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the blessed month of Sha'ban to prepare us the best way for the blessed month of Ramadan. Allahumma ameen ya Rabbil Alameen. My brothers and sisters in Islam, since we are in this blessed time of the month of Sha'ban, I wanted to share with you a message that is very important for each and every one of us. And the Prophet mentioned in the hadith to prepare us for the month of Ramadan. In the month of Sha'ban, we all know that our deeds, our actions will be raised up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the annual report. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us all. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us among those who are accepted insha'Allah. As we all, we, we always say, we should think good of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My brother and sister in Islam, the Prophet in the hadith on Abi Musa radiallahu anhu, قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إذا كان ليلة النصف من شعبان narrated by Abu Musa al-Ash'ari رضي الله عنه that the Prophet when he spoke about the middle night of the month of شعبان he said when this night comes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will look upon his creation the rahmah of Allah, the mercy of Allah will come down may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shower his mercy upon us all ya rabbaameen the mercy of Allah will come down and Allah will forgive everyone. 
May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those who are forgiven, Ya Rabbah. That's good news, my brothers and sisters. Glad tidings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we, insha'Allah, we will be forgiven. The Prophet says, Kullu ummati al-jannah. All my ummah, all my nation will enter jannah except those who refuse. And who would refuse to enter Jannah? Who would refuse to be with the Prophet? Who would refuse to be in these blessings seeing the Sahaba of Rasulullah in the highest levels in Jannah on the day of Jannah? Who would do that? The Prophet said he was asking the same question from the companions, from the Sahaba. He said, Who would do that? The Messenger of Allah said, Whoever obeys me, he will enter Jannah. And whoever disobeys me, he will enter the hell. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us, Ya Rabbi Alameen. Whoever disobeys the Prophet he will refuse to enter Jannah. He is the one who has refused. We don't, we, we don't want to be one of those people. The Prophet Allah will forgive everyone. So let's just prepare for that. Let's get ready to be forgiven, inshallah, in the middle night of the month of Sha'ban. Allah will forgive everyone. But this is the point that I wanted to share with you. Except two people, my brothers and sisters. Two kind of people that Allah will not forgive. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. The first one is somebody who is mushrik, somebody who has shirk, somebody who worships other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And be careful using this word with your brothers in Islam, with Muslims. Don't just say mushrik about everyone. The mushrik, the Prophet told us, the mushrik, a person who worships other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as we all know, there is shirk azhar and shirk akbar. This is not our point. The second point that the Prophet mentioned here is the hadith, Allah will forgive everyone except mushahin, a person who has hostility, hatred towards his brothers in his heart. That's what we need to do before the month of Ramadan. We need to do something for the heart, prepare the heart. Why the Prophet told us this? Because he cannot get to the month of Ramadan with, with that kind of heart. You cannot get to the month of Ramadan with a heart that is not clean. That we always say, Takhliya and Takhliya. The ulama, he spoke about the heart. How to prepare the heart and clean up your heart. They say you do two things. Takhliya, you clean up the heart first. Your heart is like a vessel. You need to clean it up. The Prophet told us, the heart will be like, subhanAllah, will, will leave everything else. A piece of flesh, if it's good, everything else will be good. We need to work on that before the month of Ramadan, in the month of Sha'ban. And before the middle night of the month of Sha'ban. Allah will forgive everyone except the person that is that has this hatred towards his brother. He has quarrels and problems with his brothers. That's my call today. My call to each and every brother who's sitting right here. And you can share the message. My brothers and sisters in Islam, we have to be united. We have to be one ummah loving each other because the Prophet said one of those people who will be under the shade and the shelter of Allah on the day of judgment, two brothers they love each other for the sake of Allah. You want to be one of them, two brothers, they want they love each other for the sake of Allah. Here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prepares us for Ramadan, clean up your heart before Ramadan, and then fill it up, fill it up with good things, with iman, with faith, then tahliyah. You clean up the heart first, then you fill it up with Iman, with reading the Quran, with loving your brothers and sisters, spreading the love with brothers, share the goodness with other people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us in the Quran, you will attain that love, you will get that love, provided that you need to be believers. You need to believe in that. There is one condition to, for you to love each other. Allah says in the end of Surah Maryam, Inna 
سيجعل له من رحمن مدى that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put the love in the hearts of those who believe you have to believe you cannot say you know what I need to just believe I need to pray and I don't love my brothers I still have problems with my brothers still have problems with my family yes there will be differences and the sahaba themselves they had differences but that should not lead us to have hostility and envy and just cut the relations because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَالَّذِينَ يَصِلُونَ مَا أَمَعَ اللَّهُ بِهِ أَنْ before this blessed night we want to be forgiven don't don't just wait until this night now start and fix that and clean up your heart and fill it up with good things we look at the Prophet how he brought people together and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Al-Anfal he brought their hearts together Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who brought the hearts together it's not anyone you need just to believe and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give you a good heart and we all know everyone will be doomed on the day of judgment except a person who goes back to Allah with a sound clean heart pure heart that has no shirk that has no hatred that is a heart of a bird that puts the trust in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala a heart that believes in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that Allah will forgive him may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive all of our sins my brothers and sisters in Islam, this is extremely important message to myself and to each and everyone sitting here and whoever you can reach out to, to share the message with. This is the message of unity. We need to come together. We will have differences and will continue to have differences. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَا يَزَالُونَ مُخْتَلِفِينَ They will continue to, have to be different. You're different. People are different. Some of us follow Hanafi Madhab, some of us follow Ashafi. It's good, great things, alhamdulillah. They all did and they all have diff small, slight differences, but they loved each other for the sake of Allah. They come, they get together, they spread the message of Allah, they preserve the deen for us to learn, for us to learn now, to learn from the fiqh. This is the message for everyone. Come together. The uni unifying the Muslim hearts is the most important thing. This ummah of yours is just one ummah, one ummah, the ummah of Rasulullah And it's, we know that we are different, right? But in, we know that we are different and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the same time, He commanded us to seek unity. Since that the, the difference or this like diver, divergent, like we are diverse, but subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded us in the same time to seek unity. Hold on tight all together. Hold on tight all together to the roof of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Try to fix that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if you believe Allah will Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will put the love in your heart. And we know when you when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes people makes people love you, you know what happened? In Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves a person, He will command Jibreel alayhi salam, you need to love him. And Jibreel will spread the knowledge, will spread the message everywhere in the heavens. You need to love this person. And acceptance, the acceptance will be put for him on the face of the earth. Everybody will love him. Everybody wants to shake his hand. Everybody wants to smile at his face. The Prophet Allah told us, that's why the Prophet told us, smile at your brother's face. Smiling is a sadaqah. It's sadaqah. When you smile, and the Prophet was never seen but smiling. Every time they saw the Prophet he was positive smiling, sharing the love. And then he tells us, If you don't care about Muslims' affairs, about what is happening to Muslims, if you don't care about your community, if you don't care about your brothers, you're not a true believer. We see the Prophet brought the hearts together. And Al-Abbas ibn Abdul Muttalib, as when the Prophet was coming back to Mecca, in Fath Mecca, Abbas ibn Abdul was with Abu Sufyan. Abu Sufyan, he said, Inna mulka ibn akhika al azim The kingdom of your nephew today is great. Oh, Al-Abbas, oh, he was talking to Al-Abbas. He couldn't get that. How come all these people, different tribes, all of them, every tribe holding their flag, they, they used to fight against each other. They fought against each other for 40 plus years, so many, many years, just for a horse race. Who brought their hearts together? It is Islam. It is the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is coming together, sitting here right now, seeing your brother, checking on your brother. Every Jumu'ah, every day in the masjid, you come to pray, you feel that love and serenity and tranquility in your heart. Who brought them together? It is, he is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Had you spent everything you own in the face of the earth, you wouldn't have brought their hearts together. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who did. But brothers and sisters, it is a message for each and every one of us. We need to fix this. Come back to the sunnah of the Prophet Come back to the religion of Allah. Spread the love. If you have problems with your brothers, your parents, be good to your parents. Before the month of Ramadan, before this blessed night, fix all of this and put and have a good assumption in Allah that Allah will forgive you and Allah will make it easy for you. As Allah subhanahu says, those who strive to, to be on the straight path, Allah will guide them. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the end to guide us all. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive all of our sins. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those who are forgiven in the middle light of Sha'ban. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us reach the blessed month of Ramadan. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us reach the night of Al-Qadr, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Allahumma aghfir lana ma qaddamna wa ma akharna wa ma asrarna wa ma a'lamna wa ma anta a'lamu bihi minna. Allahumma la tada' lana dhanban illa ghafartah wa la hamman illa farajtah wa la baynan illa qadaytah wa la maridan illa shafaytah wa la mayitan illa rahimtah wa la mazluman illa nasartah wa la zaliman illa qasamtah wa la hayatan min hawa'i dunya wa al-akhirati laka fiha rida wa lana fiha salahun illa qadaytaha wa yassartaha ya rabbil alameen Rabbana la tuzib qulubana ba'da idha laytana wa hab lana milladunka rahmah innaka anta al-wahab اللهم على نبينا محمد وسلم تسليما كثيرا وأقيم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين في